0: Amen. Will you open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke? Chapter 18, verses nine to 14. We're gonna be looking at the ground of our justification. Would you stand please for the reading of God's Word? Luke chapter 18. Verses 9 to 14. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get, but the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Would you pray with me? Lord, we pray that you would speak to us through your holy word. Let us hear the voice of our Savior by the Spirit speaking personally to us. Lord, would you have your way among us for your glory and for our good in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. When I was in high school, I was a springboard diver, and it was something that I enjoyed and grew in. I, I, I exercised the gift and uh, grew. Uh, to even win the state championship uh, in high school in my senior year, and became an all-American, and I can remember getting a license plate that said "Dive One." I thought I was all that. And then I went to college. I went to the the number one NCAA Division One school for swimming and diving at the time, SMU, and we had four All-Americans on our team, college All-Americans. Uh, we had number one, two, three, and 7 on our team uh, that placed in that order at the NCAA tournament. One went on to be uh, a two-time Olympian. We got to see him in Atlanta, and he won the silver medal in Barcelona. And I got to be on the team with those guys. I was not as good as them by any means. So I figured that if I was going to stand on the diving board and compete in front of everybody in a speedo, I was at least going to look good. (laughs) So I gave myself to working out hours and hours every day. And I can remember standing in front of the mirror in the gym, flexing and working every muscle. I didn't want just a six-pack in my abdomen. I wanted an eight-pack, a 12-pack. I was going for it, and I was pretty impressed with myself. Y'all might be laughing. You say, what? Well, that was over 30 years ago. But I can remember when I met Sharla and. Uh, we started dating, we got married, and we went on our honeymoon, and things had changed just a little bit uh, since I was an athlete in college. And But I can remember thinking that I would impress her a little bit with my physique, and she wasn't impressed at all. <laughs> she didn't care. She said, you kind of looked like a meathead in those pictures in college, but I can remember Thinking of my own worth, I was not a believer at the time, but everything was dependent upon what I looked like in the mirror. That's how I saw myself. That's how I wanted other people to see me. Every individual muscle was of concern to me. That's what I cared about, and it meant nothing. In fact, over 30 years later, and with time and just the decay of the body, you're like, why was I even thinking about that at all? And What we have here in this story is a man who looked at himself that way in the mirror. It wasn't muscles that he was looking at. It was spiritual fervor. It was the sins that he had not done. It was his own righteousness. That's what he was standing in. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. They had confidence in themselves that they were righteous. And they treated others with contempt. They looked down on everybody else. Literally in the original, it's not just treated others in general, but they treated the rest. Everybody else they looked down on with disdain, with contempt. Jesus says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself, standing to himself, standing aloof. He prayed this way. He said, God, I I thank you that I'm not like other men. I thank you that I'm not like the rest of everybody else. He was looking pretty good in the mirror. I thank you, God, that I'm not like everybody else. Extortioners, unjust, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I mean, can you even hear his tone of voice in his prayer as he lifted up his thanks to God? Looking down his nose, clucking his tongue at the other man who was praying. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. There was only one fast that was commanded in the law, it was on the Day of Atonement. The psalmist says in Psalm 119 verse 1, blessed is the man whose way is blameless, who walks in the law of the Lord. But it wasn't enough for the Pharisee to walk in the law of the Lord. He went above and beyond the law. I fast twice a week. There were many tithes that were commanded in the law, a lot more than what we think of. But he says, I give a tenth of everything I get, everything. Remember, it was the Pharisees that tithed mint and dill and cumin, they they tithed on the herbs in their garden, everything. And so he puffed out his chest before the Lord. There was a pride, there was an arrogance, there was a presumption in this man that I am right before God because of my religious zeal, my moral uprightness, that's why I'm right with God. And he even thanks God that he's that way. But the tax collector standing far off. There's a big contrast. One man is standing aloof by himself. The, mo- the other man is standing in humility by himself. And the tax collector would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast. You know, the tearing of the clothes, the, the beating of the breast, the, the dirt on the head were all expressions of humility being contrite before the Lord. And this was a man who wouldn't even look up to heaven, and he beat his breast before God and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And in the original language it is, the sinner. Be merciful to me, the sinner, I'm the only one. I'm not comparing myself to anybody else. Like the Pharisee was comparing himself to everybody else, I'm better than them. The tax collector had no concern about anybody else's sin. He only saw his own sin in light of who God is in His glory and magnificence, His holiness and splendor. And he said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. The word that Jesus uses in this parable for merciful is is not the typical word for mercy, like to be merciful towards someone, to have compassion towards someone. That's not the word that is used here. It's very intentional. God be merciful to me, a sinner. The word that is used is the word for atonement, for propitiation. Oh God, make atonement for me. Propitiate your wrath towards me. Forgive me and accept me by your mercy. I have no other hope. There's nothing in me. It must come from you. Please forgive me and accept me based upon your mercy. That's it. See, your right standing with God is not based on anything in you, it's not based on anything in me. It's not based on your moral uprightness or your religious zeal, it doesn't matter how many times you've been to church, your your card that tells that you have perfect attendance over 50 years means nothing. Because it's not based on anything in you, anything that is inherent in you. The Pharisee thought that he was right with God based on his own moral uprightness and religious zeal. That's what he was basing his rightness with God. The word for justification means to be made right with God. To be in a right relationship. Andrew read the passage from Romans chapter 5 verse 1 that says, therefore we have peace with God. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It means that we're reconciled. We have peace with God. We're not under the wrath of God anymore that was coming on our sins. That God has declared us righteous in His sight. The definition that we use all the time for justification is that it's an act of God's free grace whereby He forgives our sins and counts us as righteous in His sight. He accepts us as righteous in His sight only for the righteousness of Christ that is imputed or counted to us and received by faith alone. See, it's, it's not in us. It's not inherent in us. Martin Luther called the, right, the righteousness that we need an alien righteousness, a righteousness that is outside of us. The Pharisee was looking within himself for righteousness. In fact, he was confident in himself. The text says that he trusted in himself that he was righteous. That was the point. He was speaking to people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. He was speaking to a group who was mixed with Pharisees who were known for their uprightness. The Pharisee thought of himself as inherently righteous. His righteousness was within and he arrogantly thought that he was good enough to stand before God. What is your ground of justification? When you stand before God one day. What will be your ground to stand on?" The tax collector knew that he was not right with God. He saw himself as morally and spiritually bankrupt. He was undone. He beat his breast. He wouldn't even look up to God. He cried out to God, oh God, make atonement for my sins. Have mercy on me, the sinner. He didn't look to anything within himself. He looked away from himself. He looked to a merciful God for forgiveness and acceptance. By faith, he looked to God to provide a righteousness outside of himself so that he might stand before God. Jesus says in verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, right with God. And look at these words, rather than the other man. In Luke chapter 19, there are multiple times that Luke is he's tying these passages together through a theme of salvation. In verses 15 to 17, he says, let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. He's talking about entrance into the kingdom of God. You gotta come humbly, you gotta come like a child, the rich young ruler. Verse 24. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, then who can be saved? That's what he's talking about, salvation. Who can be saved? How do you enter the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, one man entered and the other man did not. So when he's talking about justification, he's talking about salvation, he's talking about being made right with God, being counted right with God, forgiveness and acceptance. All of that together is what he's talking about. And he ends with these words, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The Pharisee exalted himself, and he would be humbled. You see, there are many people in hell who never committed adultery. There are many people in hell who gave very generously, who were kind who were morally upright, and they thought of themselves as being good enough to stand before God. They trusted in themselves. They didn't need anything. The Apostle Paul didn't need anything either before he got saved. In fact, he had surpassed everybody in his class. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the most famous rabbis. I mean, the brother had a pedigree like nobody else. He tells us about this in Philippians chapter 3. He says this, verse 3, for we are the circumcision as opposed to the ones who call themselves the circumcision the orthodox, the ultra-religious. He says, for who worship by the Spirit of God. We are the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, and we glory in Christ Jesus, and we put no confidence in the flesh. None. We put confidence in Jesus Christ alone. We glory in Christ. Paul says, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. I got some reasons if you want to talk about them. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I've got more than them. And then he gives his pedigree. Watch this. Circumcised on the eighth day, literally an an eighth day one of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Hebrew-speaking Hebrew. Not just those who have assimilated to the Greek culture and their primary language is, is a different tongue. No, my language is the Hebrew language. I studied in Hebrew. I know the Hebrew Bible. And he says, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. He says in verse 7, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for His sake I have suffered the loss of everything, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. See Paul said, I thought that my righteousness that was inherent, that was within me, that was good enough. But what I came to know is that was no righteousness at all. It was filthy compared to the holiness of God. What I needed is a righteousness from God that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of Christ that is imputed to me, that's counted to me. So what we need is not inherent righteousness, not anything that comes from within. We need imputed righteousness, that which is outside of us and counted to us, and it's only the righteousness of Christ that will count for anything in the end. We can't stand before a holy God without being clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. There's a song that we're going to sing in just a minute, we've sung it many times before, but it's a song that was based on this text. It says, no list of sins I have not done. No list of virtues I pursue, no list of those I am not like can earn myself a place with you. Oh God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner through and through. My only hope of righteousness is not in me, but only you. You see, that's what it takes to enter into the kingdom, is a righteousness from God, the righteousness of Christ that is received by faith. No one can enter in their own righteousness, only in the righteousness of Christ. So if you've not yet seen yourself as the sinner. If you've been comparing yourself to everybody else in the world and you see yourself as above superior, you're not like them, you're not as bad as the rest of them. But maybe today you say, I'm the sinner. I'm the chief among the sinners, and I need a righteousness outside of myself because mine is filthy when it measures to God's righteousness. Compared to everybody else, you look pretty good, but in comparison to the holiness of God, you and I always come up short, and everybody in the world will come up short. And Maybe today you would say, oh God, be merciful to me, make atonement for my sins, count the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to me. Count His death as payment for my sins. Count His righteous life as righteousness so that I could be accepted in your sight. Please forgive me on the basis of Jesus Christ alone. You will not be disappointed. You will be put, you will not be put to shame. You will be saved from the wrath of God. You will be saved and have eternal life. But maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, and what you find is there are times in your life where you're tossed to and fro. You doubt your salvation. You wonder if you're really saved. And the reason why you keep doubting your salvation is because there's something in you There's a little tinge of self-righteousness. There's a little tinge that you are, you have confidence in yourself. And so when you don't act like you should, you lose confidence. When you don't pursue all of, when you don't pursue Christ with the zeal that you know you should, you lose confidence before God. And so you're tossed to and fro. And what's being exposed for you as a follower of Christ, a believer of Christ, is that in some way you have some confidence in yourself that needs to be repented of, that needs to be renounced. You need to be able to say, I have nothing in myself that could ever merit me to stand before God. Nothing. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I was morally and spiritually bankrupt. God lift me out of the miry pit by His grace. God had mercy on me in Christ and in Christ alone." So you don't look back to yourself. You continue looking to Christ and standing in His righteousness alone. The song goes on to say, no humble dress, no fervent prayer, no lifted hands, no tearful song, no recitation of the truth can justify a single wrong. And you might be sitting here thinking, I have the strongest comprehension of systematic theology among everybody in the congregation. I can recite all of the reformed catechisms. I know the truth, but let me tell you, brother and sister, no recitation of the truth can justify a single wrong. No amount of knowing theology can make you right with God, and it may be that the Lord would humble you today and that you would rest in Jesus. That you would just let go of all your accomplishments. That you'd quit flexing in front of the mirror and flexing in front of everybody else, thinking that you're all that. And just rest completely in the righteousness of Jesus Christ that has been counted to you and received by faith. God is merciful to us in Christ alone. That's the only way that any of us could stand before a holy God. The repentant tax collector went down to his house justified. He was saved by grace through faith. He didn't look to himself. He looked away from himself to a merciful merciful God who would have mercy on him and forgive him. But the other man went away lost. And the other man would be disappointed because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Let's humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift us up. As we trust in Christ, he will raise us up and we will be with him for eternity. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you and we thank you for sending your son to be our righteousness. Lord, our righteousness that is within is as filthy rags and none of us could stand before you. We would all be swept away by your wrath. But God, you have been merciful to us in Christ who humbled himself by taking on human flesh who fixed his face like flint towards Jerusalem, towards the cross, and he bore our sins in his body on the tree. He died as a substitutionary and atoning death in the place of sinners like us. He died the death that my sins earned me. and He was raised again, that we might have eternal life. So God, I pray that as believers, that that we would just glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in our flesh. That we would not be tempted to look within, but that we would look confidently on Jesus that we would look to Him and rest in His person and work alone, and that we would not be tossed to and fro, but we would stand with great confidence, having a righteousness that is counted to us through faith in Christ. And Lord, I pray for those who need to be made right with God today, who if they died today they would perish. Pray, God, that you would open their eyes, that they would see the glory of Jesus Christ today, and that your kindness would lead them to repentance, the repentance that leads to life, and they would trust in Christ today, in Jesus' name, amen.